0: y'all doing? Praise God. So good to see you all. How many were here last weekend for Bishop and Pastor Gloria? What a treat that was. Amen. Have mom and dad in the house. Nothing like the mom and dad, is there? You just see him, you're like, oh, you want to cry, you want to just, you know, you turn into like these little gushy kids. So it was so great to have them. And of course, I'm loving every second that they are here. Thank you, Jesus. I um, am so blessed this morning. I want to uh, introduce a couple to you that I only got to squeeze their necks really quick, but they are guests here today. If I could have Josiah and Jennifer stand to your feet, please. Just give a big wave. <laughs> They came with Miss Kidron, and they are missionaries in Japan, everybody. Actually, ministers in Japan. They were gifted a baby on their doorstep in the Amazon. Uh, how many days old was your baby? Two days old? Two days old, and they adopted this beautiful baby, and Miss Kidron and all of them worked together. So we're so glad to have you here this morning. Thank you so much. And uh, We're just so blessed and we just will pray a bless. let's just pray over their ministry, amen. amen. Father God, we just thank you for this awesome couple, God. We know that, Lord, they're here by your Holy Spirit for just a, a give back, God. Pour back into them. Pour a refreshing, God, I can already tell they're bright, shining stars for you. And Lord, I ask that they just receive from your Spirit today, God. Just encourage them, build them up. We put a hedge of protection and they're coming and they're going. Lord, I pray that this year, the rest this year would be a year of their hearts' desires, their personal hearts' desires, Lord God. We know that you're the God of the impossibility, that, God, you make a way where there seems to be no way, and I don't know what their hidden secrets' desires are, but, God, you do, and we just come into agreement with those desires to flourish and grow, Father God, and let them reach wide and far for the remainder of their ministry time there, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and Amen. Well, I am so excited. I am going to teach you something this morning that um, the Holy Spirit really put in my heart this week. How many know sometimes there's just messages or those prophetic moment messages? And I believe this message this morning is something that is going to be pointed for all of us an area of our life. But as I was praying this week, the word that came to my heart was strife. And I want to talk to you about strife this morning because, and I I want to highlight because I'm not talking about somebody that causes a lot of discord. You know, we have that key word strife in, in the local church, but I want to talk about the spirit of strife. Because there is an assignment of the enemy that tries to bring strife into our life, into our marriages, into our uh, maybe business opportunities, or into the local church, or, or wherever you are at, and, and maybe relationships or friendships. The enemy is always trying to cause division. And the only tool that he has to do that is to cause strife. And I really want to expose this spirit. Everybody say spirit. Because I'm going to show you in the Word of God today that strife is just not a situation or maybe whatever you're going through that's causing these emotions, but strife is an elevated position where the enemy is in control. And we need to recognize the spirit of strife, recognize that it is a spirit, and today we're going to expose him and drive him out of our situations, amen? Because the devil only comes to steal, kill, kill and to destroy. And I'm not a preacher that wants to be all devil conscious because we know he's defeated. Amen. He's under our feet. He has no power and control. The only way that he can have access is to come in through our emotions. And I believe one of the number one ways that the enemy comes is through strife in our life and in relationships. And I'm talking about this morning things that are divine connections by the Holy Spirit. Obviously marriages are de- divine relationship amen there are friendships that are divine relationships there are divine relationships to help build the local church and the kingdom of god and the enemy will come in strive to try to break up that divine relationship and bring confusion and derail you from the will of god so we're going to recognize that spirit this morning, amen. It is a demonic spirit, but we have full authority over it. And what God wants us to do is to be aware of it and refuse to give the enemy place. It's more than just having an argument situation or where something has escalated in your life. How many ever fought with someone before? If you've been married a minute or dating a minute, you had some really good blowouts. If you haven't yet, you will, amen. But there's escalations and fights and there's things that we do and we have disagreements, but I'm talking about when something has a spirit attached to it. And it elevates to a place that causes high elevated emotions. It causes confusion in our life. Causes us to make decisions that we normally wouldn't make if we weren't in this state of mind. And that is a spirit. And God wants us to recognize that spirit that's trying to bring confusion to a situation and take the authority that God gave us and command it to go in the name of Jesus. Because wherever there's strife and, and confusion and warring, that's never the hand of God. That is the work of the enemy. Amen. So we're just going to expose him a little bit today. So the first thing I'm going to talk about this morning is strife number one will show up in several ways in our life. And the number one thing we have to do is recognize its origin. Stress comes at a time, or strife comes at a time, where maybe you're going through a vulnerable moment, or maybe there's a weakness that's arising in your heart, or a past failure, or an insecurity, or something is rising in your heart, and when that is becoming more prevalent than God in this situation, now strife can ease its way in, and you start motivating through your emotions, then you do the power of the Holy Spirit. So if there is an elevated situation, maybe on your work job or maybe in a relationship or in connection to the church, you know, I said in first service, we have this big conglomeration of people and we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different styles of being raised, different personalities. And the more closely we work together, the enemy can come and bring strife between each other, can he? And cause us to get offended and misinterpret each other. And the enemy's sole job is not about just the relationship fighting, but separation so that people will retreat out of the church get offended from the local church how many know anybody that's ever left the church offended right the enemy's job is to pull people alone so that he can have free will over your emotions and get you out of the will of God how many know the devil has an assignment amen but but God has a bigger one so um strife is due to feelings of weaknesses maybe or disadvantages that you're feeling, or a vulnerable moment, or even a misconception. The enemy could cause you to see a situation in a way that doesn't exist at all, especially if you are moving through any kind of already offense, or moving through somebody hurting you. All of a sudden, you'll start seeing everything through that eyes of that rejection or insecurity. So the enemy will take something small that happened, or maybe it was big to you, but then he magnifies it, and all of a sudden, everybody's doing it to you. Every relationship now is challenged, right? Because the enemy has made something that hurt you be the funnel, and I shared in first service that I got this email, this is a few years ago, but I got this email from this girl that I, I really don't know very well, and the email was, you're never there for me, I'm going through all these challenges in my life, and, and you keep rejecting me, and, and I'm just, I read it, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, first of all, when somebody starts attacking you, what do you want to do back? You're like, put them up, dude. Like, I'm ready to come out fighting, what do you mean I'm never there for you, right? What, is, what happened? Her perception of how I, she thought I was feeling brought in strife. And so her perception felt like I wasn't there for her. I didn't even know she was going through anything. But in her mind, she thought that I did. So what happened? Strife came in. The enemy tried to put a wedge between her and I so I, as a minister in her life, could not speak healing and hope into her. So I had to recognize, okay, this is a spirit of rejection that she's going through. I'm going to love her anyway. So I just typed her, hey, sis, I'm so sorry you felt that way, and I love you, and I'm here for you, and I would never let the devil do that. But do you see how wrong perceptions? The enemy will cause you to see something that really maybe isn't there. Why? Because he wants to bring strife. He wants to bring Separation. Some of my closest friends that I've had for 30 years, um, 30 years, I could call them up at any time. We'd pick up right where we left off, right? We went through rough grounds at the beginning. Why? Because sometimes destiny situations, the enemy tries to get in real hard in friendships and in marriages. And so if you're in a situation where things are escalated, you know, maybe it's a, I know my sister and we're praying with you in business opportunities. And if there's an escalation somewhere, there's a spirit of strife that we've got to recognize and get it out of our life so that we can have the peace of God and we can have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say and not what the enemy is trying to motivate through our life. Amen. So let's go quickly this morning, uh, point number two, because I want to really get into um, the meat of this teaching, but point number two is the enemy will use strife as a weapon to paralyze you to cause you to shut down. When you, uh, the enemy attacks your emotions and your heart, he will cause you to stop the will of God from happening in your life. If you think about the children of Israel, they came out of Egypt, right? And God says, I'm going to give you to the land of promise. And what did they do? They marched around the wilderness for 40 years. And why do they keep marching around in the same place? Because they murmured and they complained. They allowed strife to be a part of their daily routine. They blamed Moses because he's a horrible eater. Bamed, blamed Aaron because he's a horrible eater. Didn't like the water because it was bitter, right? Blamed God because of the food. They were always allowing strife in their life, and what happened? They never saw the promised land. See, so if you're allowing strife, if you're murmuring and complaining, you know, if you're constantly rehearsing what you're not happy about, when you're talking about it, you're giving life to it. And he, well, I'm talking to my my prayer partner. I'm talking to her about the situation. No, it's time to stop talking. It's time to stop rehearsing what's been going on and start giving it to Jesus. Let's get strife out of our life, amen? Let's get that confusion out of it. And so the children of Israel, that group never made it into the promised land because they kept seeing what they didn't like instead of seeing the provision of God. And so the next generation had to rise up, and God says, I'm going to take you through the Red Sea, showed him that miracle, brought him to Jericho, and what did he tell him to do? He says, shut up, no talking. No talking, why? Because what comes out of our mouth, we come into agreement with and we give life to. And God wants the negativity and the murmuring and complaining, whatever that situation is, we need to stop breathing life to it because you're giving the devil territory to speak truth to your ears, which is really a lie and a deception. Amen? I shared in first service, even with spouses, and I've watched this with my own parents, that it's so important that when you're married that you stay in agreement. Stay in agreement with God. Stay in agreement with God's word. Amen. And single people have that one prayer partner, you know, that you that you trust, or one of the pastors and elders, or someone that you look up to. But I've seen where husbands, you know, may rise up and have their own agenda. And I use the example of, you know, maybe that man feels like, oh, I should be preaching in the church, and I should be being used more by God. And, and maybe that's true. And the wife was like, whoa, honey, wait on God's timing, right? Wait on God. God will have make a way where there seems to be no way. And then the husband may come back down and the wife's all crazy. Like, yeah, you should be doing that, honey. He's like, well, it's okay. You know, it's okay because that happens, right? We get moved by our emotions. It happens. But the agreement is we're not going anywhere out of the will of God. We're going to stay connected to God. We're going to stay connected to God's purpose. That's the agreement. And the devil wants to destroy that agreement. He wants to destroy the agreement of the covenant that you have in your life. And I've seen it just as dangerous where finally the husband's crazy, she's crazy, and then finally they both go, yeah, you're right, you should be doing this. Yeah, you're right, you should be elevated. And they come to that power of agreement in strife and division, in strife. And then what happens? The devil pulls them right out of church, right out of loving God, loving God's people, Why? Because they allowed a decision of strife and they came into agreement. There was something powerful about that agreement. And you have to recognize when it's strife and when it's the enemy that's trying to sever something that is a divine connection by the Holy Spirit. If I broke connection of things in my life because of craziness on the job or my boss, trust me, I'd have quit so many jobs. I'd have left so many places, I'd have broke so many friendships, I'd have walked away from so many churches, but you can't break covenant through strife and division, amen? You have to stay connected to the purpose of God, amen? And we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. So God says, I want you to be quiet. In Psalms, it says you're not even supposed to be murmuring in your tent. He told the Israelites, don't go back to your tent and murmur and complain, and you know what? They did it anyway. And you know why God said don't go back to your tent? is because what you're talking about in your household becomes contagious to all those who can hear. Your children will feel that in the spirit. You think they don't, they do. They feel that strife and division. I know when I, we weren't even saved and my parents were going through marriage problems and the devil was definitely trying to rip our family apart. And I remember being a little kid and I knew it. I felt that unhappiness. I felt that dissension and that strife in our home. Children are very sensitive to those kind of things. So we have to be careful what we even bring home into our household. Why? Because we don't want to come into that negative agreement. Amen. We need to be going to the Father with the things that we are concerned about. And, and, and fight the good fight of faith. Amen? So um, uh, let's open up to James 3, verse 16. And something that I, the Lord told me during this lesson this week as I was putting it to, together is some of you may not have an external conflict of strife, but there's this internal conflict of strife. You're contending with your own self. You're contending with God's plan for your life. And you're allowing that inner turmoil of of maybe God's not meeting you where you're at or maybe you're not getting the miracle yet. That is an internal strife that you are breaking unity with the Holy Spirit in your life. And we have to be very careful even as individuals that we are coming in unity with God's word even on the inside of us and not make excuses, well, it's just me or this is just how I am or just how I think. No. We're going to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ Jesus. I'm going to drive out every confusing spirit in my life. So James 3, I'm going to start in verse 14. James three fourteen says this. If you have any bitter envy and self-seeking, which actually translates in the New King James, King James Version, strife, in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly Sensual and demonic. See, we're talking about strife. And the Bible is saying that this is not the spirit of God. This is not just a situation that you're facing, that maybe it's the job. No, it's not the job. It is a demonic spirit that is attacking you in this situation. And it's sensual, which means it's my five senses. So it's causing me to stay in my emotions and not stepping into the spirit. So when you're operating in strife, you're operating in your emotions. And how many know when you're in your emotions, you make every wrong decisions that you can possibly make? You've been in a blowdown fight and stuff's coming out of your mouth that's just ugly. And you're like, why am I even saying that? I don't even really feel that right now. But what? every Every senses of my flesh is just puking out right now. Because that's what strife will do. It'll keep you locked in your emotions. The devil will keep you there so that you'll make decisions in your emotions and you'll make a mistake. And what God wants us to do is recognize, okay, this is bigger than an argument. This is bigger than just a little choice. This is some, an assignment of the enemy. I better step back and give it to God. Get out of my emotions, right? And I'm gonna hear God. You give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say because I'm not gonna make a decision in my flesh. I wanna be in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Because usually when we are moving in strife, we are not aligned with the Holy Spirit. We're in line with our own flesh, which happens all the time. That's why it says, "Bring die to your flesh daily. We have to die to our emotions daily, right, and align them with the Holy Spirit. Because I guarantee you, if there's a strife situation that you're going through, something is so powerful beyond that confusion. There is something that God has such a breakthrough that you've never experienced, and the devil would never be fighting so hard right now if there wasn't the greatest breakthrough you've ever experienced, if there wasn't more lives that's going to be touched for Jesus on the other side of it. It's all about kingdom, amen? So the devil says, well, I heard somebody say one day, the devil can't kill or destroy you, but he can distract you. That was good. He can't kill or destroy me, but he can distract me, Right? So how does he do that? Through our emotions. He distracts me, gets me looking over here instead of looking to where Jesus wants me to look, right? And that's his tactic. So let's go on. What does the rest of it say? Verse 16, for where envy and self-seeking or um, um, strife exists, confusion and every evil spirit is there. Confusion in every evil spirit is there. So when you've allowed strife to enter into your marriage or into your children's situation or your job or your church or whatever it is, there is a spirit of confusion that wraps itself around your mind, right? And strife keeps us from knowing for sure what course of action to take. You can't make the right decision when you're in your emotions. You can only make it when you're led by the Holy Spirit, amen? Amen. We have to line up with what the Holy Spirit has to say. Second Corinthians says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and liberty. There's liberty, for God is a spirit. He is the spirit, amen, and he gives freedom and liberty. So where there's confusion and there's every other work of the enemy, now confusion can, all, can bring offense, right? Confusion can bring division in our life, separation from what's important to us, and we've got to recognize that. So let's keep going. All right, confusion in every evil spirit. We can't be deceived into thinking that strife is just a small thing. It's not a small thing. You've got to recognize strife as a destructive force from hell, a destructive force. And you've got to rise up, and maybe your children are facing it, maybe... one of your ministries are facing, or whatever it is, recognize that that is not something to mess around with. Um, Let's go into uh, Genesis uh, chapter 2. We're going to go back to the very beginning where strife first entered the world. Of course, we all know this story, but I want you to see the scripture verses. In Genesis 2 verse um, 16, We know God created everything in the heaven for man to enjoy. And verse 16, it says this, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, God spoke to man, right? And he said, Of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. That was the commission of God. He said, Every tree I want you to enjoy, but there's one tree I don't want you to eat of, right? And that's in verse 17. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it, for the day that you eat of it, you shall die. So that was the that was the voice of God. Now flip over to Genesis 3 verse 1. Here comes the deceiver. See the enemy will take a truth and what will he do? He'll twist it into a lie. And that's where strife comes in. Well, there's a little bit of truth to what the devil's trying to say to me, but then he twists it with this lie to get you away from the presence of God. So in 3 verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, what did God say? Eat of all of the trees, just don't eat this one. See, the devil will come with the deception in his voice. And at this point now, she was vulnerable. She had been buying into wanting to desire this fruit. And what did she do? She ate of the fruit. She bought into the deception of the enemy. What was it? That was strife. And what did that strife cost Adam and Eve? Separation from God. God came every day in the cool of the day. And what did they do? He walked with them. He talked with them. See, there was a relationship with God. And when strife comes in, when that deception comes in, it pulls us away from that presence of God. It pulls us away from that relationship with God. The very relationship I need to hear God to get out of the situation, the enemy has deceived me, and now he's pulled me away. And he may not do it quick, but he'll do it gradually. All of a sudden, you'll be here, you know? Then, like Bishop always said, then you're in the third row, then you're in the fourth row, then you're in the last row. Are you last row people? I'm just kidding. talking about hearts, right? It's hearts. So the devil, all of, a, all of a sudden, then, oh yeah, see, they do think that way. See, this is true. We should do that. That's right. See, that just proved we're supposed to do that. Do you see how the devil is? But when you're, not, when you're in strife, there's confusion. You cannot hear God. You can only hear God when you're in his presence, where strife is absent. So we're going to say in our household, we're shutting the door to strife I'm not giving life to that offense. I'm not giving life to that agenda. I'm not giving life to that boss anymore. I'm not giving life to sickness or disease. I'm not giving life to any of it. I'm shutting strife out and I'm gonna invite the Holy Spirit to come and say give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Because if strife is so, so strong in your life, I guarantee you there's just one wrong decision the devil's wanting you to make, one wrong decision. And it may not look like the wrong one because of confusion in every evil work. Jesus said, commit your ways to me. Commit actually all your ways to me. Amen. God establishes your path. So what we do is we commit everything to God. Amen. And if he'll deceive Adam and Eve at the beginning, now let's go over to Matthew and let's bring Jesus in the picture. <laughs> So let's go in Matthew chapter four, verse one. It says this, and Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Everybody say hungry. How many's ever fasted here? If you've not, or maybe haven't eaten for a day because you were too busy, when it's time to eat, you're gonna indulge, aren't you? Like you're just gonna go for the gusto, maybe a pizza or ho-hos or Suzy Q's and Oreos. Those are my favorites. You see how quick they just came right out of me? I was like, yes. I can't tell you what's my favorite salad, but I can shoot off pizza, ho-hos, Suzy Not the new Suzy the old school Suzy The new ones are, they're awful, but the old schools are so amazing. Where was I at, y'all? I'm in the flesh. So what happened? Jesus was all God and he was all man, right? So he was hungry, and when you're hungry, you're vulnerable, you're vulnerable to everything. See, the enemy will come knocking on your door when you're hungry, when you're vulnerable, when you're angry, when you're frustrated, when you're a little offended, right? When when the spouse does something, or the boss does something, or the pastor does something, right? Not you all, you all love your pastor so much. I love you all too, just kidding. But he'll come at that moment, won't he? He knows when you're vulnerable, where you're in your emotions, and now maybe he can thwart you out of the will of God. He can get you to compromise when you're vulnerable. And so here Jesus was, he was hungry, and it says this, now when the tempter came to him, Jesus, he said, if you are the son of God. See, what happens is when you are in that vulnerable moment, we talked about the root of strife, whatever that is, The devil will try to cause you to question your identity in Christ. If he can get you to believe that you're really not a man of God, get you to believe you're not a woman of God, that you're not really effective for the kingdom of God, that you'll never really make a difference, that your life will never change. Am I speaking to anybody's lives today? I'm just peeking in your windows, open up your curtains and looking, right? He'll try to get you to believe that what you're wanting in your life is never going to happen. If you really are a woman of God, if God really loved you, that would happen. If God really cared about you, then that would happen, right? So what did Jesus say? He said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones come to bread. So what did the devil do? Do, there's a little truth, threw it in his vulnerable moment, right? But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, when the devil knocks on your door to bring strife, uh uh-uh, I'm going to retaliate with the word of God. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I've been made in the image of Christ Jesus. I am the healed of the Lord. My family is blessed coming in, blessed going out. You start declaring the word, and the devil's like, okay, I got your number now. I see you're vulnerable, but you still know the God in you. See, vulnerability is going to come, but never lose the God in you because God is the answer, amen? The Holy Spirit is the answer in your life. So then what happened in verse 6? And he said, oh, that didn't work. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, see, the devil knew the word, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. David wrote that in the psalm. See, the devil will take the word of God and almost stamp and validate the decision you want to make. But he's a deceptor, and he will lead you through strife if if possible. The Bible says in the last days he'll deceive the very elect if possible. Amen? So we've got to recognize his tactics. tactics. Verse 7, and Jesus said to him, It is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. There the word of God came verse 8 Again the devil took him high on exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and he said to him all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me and Jesus finally said to him, uh, no more word, away with you, Satan. See, there comes a point where I'm not going to retaliate with the word anymore. I'm going to bind the devil now in Jesus' name. Spirit of strife, get out of my house, get out of my children, get out of my marriage, get out of my church, get out of my crazy boss. You have to go in Jesus' name. So you got to know when enough is enough. I'm not going to stand back in defensive. I'm going in. All, I'm not going to stand offensive. I'm going defensive, amen? never did understand football very well. But I knew how, I do know how to go after the devil, amen? And I'm going to go after him with the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will not miss the will of God. I will not break covenant relationships. I will not leave my spouse, amen? I'm going to stay planted with God wants me to see the fruit of God in my life. You know what? you come too far, too far to quit and give up and be deceived by the lying deceptor, amen, that he is. He is a deceiver and a liar, amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Number three is you, um, one of the problems with strife is you see others as the problem instead of the devil, You see others as the problem instead of recognizing the devil, and you open up the door to strife in your life. Psalms 133.1 says this, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. What has God called us to be? Unified as a body, Christ. More churches have been destroyed. People's lives hurt because of the devil coming in and bringing strife and division. Devil hates unity. There's power in unity. Marriages are unity. Amen. Covenant friendships are unity. And the devil hates that because there's power in it. Leviticus says that five, we always heard one will put a thousand to flight. Two, ten thousand. Well, Leviticus says five will put, what was it? Five will put a hundred and a hundred will put ten thousand to flight. There's power in unity, amen. The Bible says two is better than one. God doesn't want us off on our own. He doesn't want us lone rangers making our own decisions because the enemy is prey to that one sheep that gets lost astray because you're not in the protection. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, there's safety in a multitude of counselors. Safety. Decisions we make, right? I I didn't say this earlier. I guess it didn't come up yet, but strife shows up when we are being self-centered, when it's about you, I'll say me, so that way I don't feel like I'm pointing all my fingers at you all. <laughs> Let's just expose the enemy, though, amen? Strife comes when it's about us, and we, that's pride. And pride is it's so crazy and powerful because pride wants to win at all costs. Pride wants to, you ever fought with somebody, I, I may be wrong, but I'm going to win this argument, doggone it. And you'll do whatever it takes to trump. You'll do whatever it takes to get on top. Why? Because pride says, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. But the problem with pride is when it's moved through strife, even if you win, you all really lost because the enemy actually won. Because decisions God would make would never bring strife and division or hurt or harm to anybody, amen? So really nobody wins. You see how destructive strife is. It's got pride rooted down in it. So the Bible says safety in a multitude of counselors. So I'm an experienced pastor. I've been doing this for 30 years. I've built multiple ministries, women's ministries, but I am never too big enough to call another pastor and ask for wisdom and advice. We just brought in two pastors from a church of 6,000 people to our leadership retreat to grow from. And as a pastor, I couldn't sit there and go, oh, well, I know that, I know that. I don't. No, there's safety. You can't be too prideful to submit, to learn, to grow, to be challenged. Every one of us, wherever we're at in our life, we're going to grow and be challenged. They, they say you're never better than the people that are around, the what, four people that are around you or six people around you, seven. She thinks she knows it all. We, all have a, we do have a sphere of influence of seven, but you see what I'm saying? But pride will say nobody can, has to tell me. I can make up my own mind. Well, you can. You can. That's the freedom of God, but there's safety. And a multitude of counselors. Amen. There's safety in that God wants us to be together, gather together even more so as you see the day approaching. So why do you think the devil wants to pluck people out of a good church that's got the word, that's got the truth, that's got the Holy Spirit? He distracts them with strife and division to pluck them out. so they aren't in the river when it's time to flow, Amen? And we as seasoned, mature Christians should recognize this spirit when it attaches to another sheep or when it enters in our personal relationships, recognize it and get rid of it. I shared in first service, there was this lady, it, I mean, this was so many years ago in our first church, and uh, she used to come up to me, and she would push my buttons every time. Like, she knew just what to say to get under my skin. Anybody ever had those kind of people? I mean, they just know what they're doing, and oh, she used to irritate me, and I'd tell my mom, oh, she just drives me crazy, and so one day, she walked down the hallway. I'm like, I couldn't escape her, so I <laughs> right, smacked right in there, and she did it. Boom, just that irritating, you know, and finally, I'm, oh my gosh, you're so cute. I love you, and I hugged her, and I, kissed her, and she just stood there and looked at me. You know, she never bothered me again. She didn't care why, because it didn't work anymore. Whatever she, whatever that spirit wanted, it wanted to buffet me, it wanted to drive me crazy, but you know, I'm going to love you anyway in the love of the Lord, and no, I'll get out of the way. <laughs> See, when you love unconditionally, love covers all, and you can't go wrong with love. God is love, and so whatever that situation is, just love Don't allow the devil to steal, amen, from your life the things that are so important that we need to fight for. So the devil does what? He wants to distract you. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and darkness. Whatever you're facing, whatever strife is there, it is not the person sitting next to you. It is not the person you work for. It is not the situation. It is a spirit. And we need to go into the spirit and take authority, amen? Calm the storms. Jesus said, shh, to the storms. Let's tell the storms of our life to quiet. They've had enough attention. They've had enough exposure. Now it's time to silence those storms and allow the peace of God to come settling deep into your heart, amen? In Revelations, it says that the devil is what? The accuser of the brethren, he'll accuse, he'll accuse people, he'll make you look at somebody. I prayed for a few people this weekend. I must have had two or three visions of people. I was praying for these people, people on the outside standing at them, pointing their finger at them, like just humiliation and, and accusation and making them feel worthless. Two or three people I prayed for this week alone, and I had that vision. Why? Because the devil loves to use people. Make you feel like you're not good enough. Make you feel like your past is never going to change. The devil does this. He accuses you. But let's see what happened in Revelations 12, verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. What does he do? He deceives the world. That's his job. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Verse 10, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come to the accuser of the brethren. God is saying salvation is now, amen, Um, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. That devil has been defeated. The accuser has been defeated. He has been tied up, amen. The Bible says when God exposes him in the last days, people are going to look at him and say, that is what deceived me. He is nothing. He has no power, no authority. He can only use people to point at you in your life to accuse you. Amen. But he's been defeated. And verse 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. Amen. I have the blood of Jesus over my relationships, over my marriage, my children, my job. Devil, you don't have any foothold in the name of Jesus. Amen. And you'll come out on the other side giving glory to God and the testimony because you didn't quit and give up, because you didn't throw in the towel, because you didn't let the devil win in your life. Amen. You are victorious in Christ Jesus. Some people in your life or in where you're surrounded will yield themselves to the demonic influences. You can guarantee it. I was talking with, um, it was a few years ago, I was talking with this girl, and she had mentioned that her decisions that she made in her life weren't that great or weren't popular that other people approved of. And so she went to certain events or places, and she could feel people not approving. Has anybody ever been in that situation where you just know people are accusing you and they don't approve of your life? And But God had redeemed her. God had, had been in her situation. And, and she went back to her house, and she said, you know what, I'm not gonna let, if God allowed me to discern their strife or dissension against, me, then God wants me to pray for them, and I thought, what a flip the switch, amen, that when you feel someone strife against you, don't buy into it, don't give place to it, take it home and pray to Jesus, and allow God to expose that situation, allow God to vindicate and prove you, amen, because who's the vindicator? God is the vindicator, amen, let's don't give place to the enemy, 2 Corinthians 10 says this, look really quick. For the weapons of our warfare, verse 3, are not carnal, but they are might. Oh, here we go. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what? Mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds, amen. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. What does that word translate? Submission. So what is pride? What is strife? Pride. And what do we do when we cast it down? We bring pride to submission. We humble ourselves not to the person, not to the situation, but we humble them to the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, what happens? God prevails in your life. Amen? Let me close with this last verse. Number five, what does God want us to do? He wants us to keep the peace. Keep the peace in our life. Ephesians uh, 4, verses 1 through 3. Let me flip over there really quick. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling in which you were called, with all loneliness, lowliness, gentleness, and long suffering, bearing with one another, enduring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. What does God want us to do? He wants us to keep the unity of the Holy Spirit, amen? Fight for unity. Listen, fight for your marriages. Fight for your children, amen? Fight for your church. Fight for your ministries. Whatever you've got to stand strong in, don't give up. Don't let the devil be in the middle of that thing. You rise up and be who God's called you to be, amen? Amen. Go ahead and close your eyes this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Lord, we praise you this morning. I thank you for everyone that's here, Lord, listening to this teaching online or even later. Holy Spirit, I ask that you be present, that your anointing be true. And Lord, any places where strife has gotten into our hearts, any place where we've opened the door to the enemy, Father, any foothold of offense, Father, God, or wrong perceptions, we, we close them in the name of Jesus. And we release those, God that we're, uh, that's holding us captive. We release the accusers, we release, release the voice of the negativities in our life, God. And we embrace your voice, Holy Spirit. We em- embrace your sound over our life. I thank you, God, for everyone here, Lord, that their spirits will begin to rise up. And, Lord, they will recognize the enemy when he's coming through strife in their hearts, relationships, marriage, their jobs, business opportunities, wherever it is, even our own internal strife, God. I thank you that you are greater. You are greater than all of that, Father God. And everybody with their eyes closed, I want to give everyone the opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior this morning. And maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus or maybe you're away and you just need to come back and make some things right with the Lord. The Bible says to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. And we wanna give you that opportunity for confession today, no matter what it is. Maybe there's someone you need to forgive today. Maybe there's a door to your past you're just gonna shut it today. You're gonna let some things go. I just see the anointing touching many of you right now where you're at. We ask Holy Spirit, have your way. I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I surrender all to you in Jesus' name. You said that prayer this morning with your eyes so closed and you meant it with all of your heart just lift your hands up all over this room thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you, thank you. i mean just all over this room thank you thank you thank you i know many of you are just making things right with the lord I sound like everyone go ahead and take a look at me for those of you that gave your life to jesus today i want to make it so important that you connect to the local church stay connected to the local church Find a place to serve in the body of Christ. Find kingdom relationships, amen. We offer growth tracks once a month to learn who you are in Christ and learn why you received Jesus and what you can do for the kingdom of God. It's more than just saying a prayer, amen, but it's connecting to who God is. And the community of the local church is what really gives you that safety net in your life, amen. Just wanna encourage all of you to do that, amen. And if you need a Bible, we have Bibles for you and we're here for you to help you grow in Jesus, amen. Amen, y'all can stand to your feet this morning and release you with the prayer. Father, I thank you for all their lives, had your protection around all of them, bring them back together safely as we celebrate you. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. It-